Hello, welcome to Blazebot. It's Thursday, the 22nd of June. My name's Ben. Joining me, as always, it is Andrew. How are you, pal? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I, shout out to my fellow hay fever sufferers at the moment because every year I go through this thing where I'm like, oh, it's not too bad this year. April, May, it's like, oh, it's fine. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm going to get away with it. And then June, like, just just stomps on my face. Yeah. Basically, I I uh, don't get it anywhere near as bad as you. I've had a bit of a sore throat and a, you know a few sneezes here and there. So I'm, yeah. I, I I I don't know what it's like, but you know I feel for you anyway. It stinks. <laughs> this, yeah. this, might be bit, <laughs> this might be a bit too much information, but I sneezed so hard the other day that um I burst a blood vessel in my eye, so I have a blood red eye at the moment <laughs> purely because I sneeze oh, so damn hard from this stupid yeah. pollen. Anyway, people don't need to hear about that, but that's why I'm. Uh, I don't know, that's why I'm a little bit sort of drowsy, I suppose, from that. But we're going to push through, mate. So last time we talked about Billy Sharp and, and him departing mm. the Blades and uh, a very a very sad, but also, I guess, um, happy memories involved in that podcast as well. I've yeah. got some uh, feedback along those lines. We did say in that one we're going to talk next time, being this time, about two other... Uh, legends of the lane, maybe not to the degree of Sharp, but certainly two very significant figures in modern United times and probably, you know, uh, going back even further than that. That is Ender Stevens and Jack O'Connell. So um, that's what the bulk of this episode is going to be talking about. First of all, the fixtures are out, mate, for the... Well, I think they're out for the whole EFL today, but the Premier League ones came out last week. What's what's your hot take on the Premier League fixtures? Uh, It's going to be difficult, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like every game all like going down. I thought, Pallet, yeah, decent side. Forrester work, yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on, are we going to win a game this season? Now, I um, I think it, we could have had a much harder start on paper. I think my, my sort of maybe a, I don't know when the Champions League is uh, played, but I, I would have liked to have played like for instance. I think you've got no chance against Man City really, but you know when they come in the back off the back of a Champions League weekend and stuff like that. But maybe that'll happen. I'm not sure when you know when those dates are, but. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've been saying this for a while, to be fair, that I'm just going to try and take it, this is a bit of a cliche, as, as 38 Cup Finals and try and enjoy it rather mm. than, I think we probably will go down. I don't think I'm being biased, uh, being biased, being negative, should I say about that. <laughs> um, just certainly as the way things stand. But, you know, I'm just going to try and enjoy it game by game and, and you know, we'll get to see all these fantastic players and hopefully we can... Uh, get some players in the cells and sell the club, which I think is the most important thing this season. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, no, no further news on that, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, it's quite a ni- I, I thought it was quite a nice start. I mean, in terms of a... Mm. I, I guess, you know, there, there's all the, the, the typical chat about, like, what, what would be your ideal first game? And I wanted a home game first, mm. I think, unlike last time. Um, and I didn't want to play Man City, because I just think it's a total... I just think... Games against Man City are a total waste of time. I mean, we missed... I'm missing that game because I'm on holiday Man City at home. It's the only game I miss. Uh, I thought I missed Everton as well, but I don't. Um, and I, 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 if I could have chosen a game to miss, <laughs> it would have been Man City, to be fair. Yeah, this may sound silly when we sneak an incredible 1-0 win over Man City. Which, on, you, know, you never know. Do you know what? The start, we're talking about this. I heard someone, someone's been a Wednesday fan. just said, they, they do start poorly, Man City. I'm like... Yeah, but you know, it's not Man City in it. <laughs> do you know off the top of the off your off the top of your head? Do you know how many games Man City lost last season in the league? Four. Yeah, it's close. It was five, which Ooh. really surprised me because obviously 
they won like their last twenty games. It felt like, but yeah, they did. Yeah. They did drop some games earlier in the season. Um, and they did the season before. They were like mid table, if you remember, um, for a bit, and then they just true. come steaming up. So we're talking ourselves into Man City at home being a gimmick. Um, but it's <laughs> Crystal Palace. Is, Crystal Palace is the first home game, um, yeah. which I think is great because that's a. You know, as far as Premier League games go, that's a quite a winnable fixture. It'll obviously be, yeah. uh, you know, a sellout. It's yeah, a game that we have a, a good chance of winning, relative to other games on this fixture list. And um, Saturday three o'clock as well, which I approve of, because uh, yeah, there won't be too many of those through the season. They're all three o'clock. What are you on about? Like your dad said, <laughs> my dad with some incredible online banter there. I, think... I love someone said no, they they get moved. It, it, <laughs> took, like, uh, it, <laughs> it took great joy in the fact that some people replied to yeah, him. Yeah, being serious. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, you know, we're, what, are we six weeks out from the start of the season? So there's not, there's so much is going to change in terms of uh, what these teams look like, like our team as well as other teams, yeah. obviously. But this isn't a bad start, I don't think. Palace at home, winnable game. Forest away, I mean, Winnable game, I think, as far as six points, game. mate, straight on, straight <laughs> on the board. Now, I think um, the Palace game, with it being the first home game, you imagine it'll be a really good atmosphere. The players are going to be mega up for it, and that is a definite. I'm not saying we're going to, you know, Palace are better than us. There's no getting away from that. Uh, but it, yeah, it gives you a chance, doesn't it? Rather than playing Man City or even Arsenal at home or someone like that on the first day, where you're probably just looking to avoid defeat. Is it is a fixture you might be able to win? Yeah, uh, and then Forest away. I don't know if they're going to sign another billion players or whatever, but watching them last season, I don't think there's much to fear there, to be honest. They were one of the worst teams in the Premier League last season. They were, were, yeah. I mean, on every metric, they should have gone down. I'm not just slagging them off because it's Forest. They they were really lucky to stay up last season. Um, And yeah, yeah, who knows? You know, we could be coming out of that with six points. Yeah, could be coming out with no points, and then we've got Man City. (laughs) But then you've got Everton at home, you know. Yeah, I don't. That may be completely wrong, and again, six weeks, they may sign a load of players, and maybe Sean Dyche with a, a pre-season under his belt will change mm. things around, but, you know, Everton have been, they've been the same team for like three seasons now, you know, real scraping around at the bottom. Hey, there's not that we're talking about this yesterday, actually, with someone at work about who's going to go down on that. It's difficult, because you don't know, um, you know, who would have thought Leicester last season, for instance, but... Mm. I mean, obviously, us, Luton and Burnley are going to be the, the three favourites. But if you talk about other teams who are going to struggle, you'd definitely put Everton in it. I don't see how that's going to change because they're, they're really skint, aren't they? And the, 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 you know, the chairman wants to sell. and yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a mess down there. And I think Dash is a great manager and he's probably will do enough to keep him up. But you imagine them to be down there again. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to go through any more fixtures because I think it's kind of redundant. But um, yeah, I, I think that's quite a nice start. You know, you're going to have to play Man City at some point. But th- three of the first four games, it's not impossible that we could win them. Obviously, we're not going to win all three. Well, we're almost certainly not going to win all three. But yeah, the winnable games is what you want. You don't want to start a season like last time where we didn't win forever. <laughs> it's just can't yeah. win under our back. That's the thing. That is the thing. If you get more, I, th- I think if once you get to like the fifth or sixth game and you haven't won. That's when it's <laughs> yeah. You need to try and get one win, even if it's just one win out of the five. You yeah. know that gives you at least a bit of a platform. Whereas yeah, we went <laughs> what were it January last time? Uh, yes, yeah, it was, which is yeah. outrageous. You, you know, we can't get anything like that. just win one of those first five, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So other things, just quickly to know, um, we're at home, final day of the season against Spurs. Mm. Might be better this season, Spurs, but 
uh, you know, we, we literally just beat them. <laughs> like Flaky Spurs, yeah. Four, four um, or five months ago. Um, Celtic guy's manager, but will he still be there by then? You don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, a home on Boxing Day, um, which is mm. always always pleasant. I mean, all right, it's, it's, it's Luton, it's not home. That is the one negative of this, tra- of this fixture list for me, is that obviously the African Nations this year, mm. and um, it coincides with what looks like a fairly easy run for us. Not an easy run, but, you know, winnable games uh, while that's on. When does that start, though? Because we only play three times in... Um... January. Uh, so we only play two times in January. So does it start in December? No, it starts in January. So in January, and we've got. Uh, so I'm just get down this fixture list here. Uh, the West Ham at home, Palace away, Villa at home, Luton away is probably what he'll miss if Senegal get to the final. Yes, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, home Boxing Day, home final day of the season. Home on my birthday until it gets moved for television, of course. Um, yeah, can't really ask for much more than that, to be honest. So uh, no, no. bring it on, bring it on. But um, yeah, we're not, uh, we're still not really in next season mode just yet. Cause, um, no, no. I know a few people are getting really frustrated. <laughs> we haven't signed anybody yet. It's like, quite. It's only been over a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm chilly, mate. I'm off on holiday this weekend. You're you're going away for a few days as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm in um I'm in chill mode when it comes to the blaze. I'm, I'm kind of absolutely. I'm kind of just waiting for the women's World Cup to start, which is still almost a month away, frustratingly. But um yeah, I've I'll... checked out. I mean, I'm so I did the international view from thing just because it's what I do. It's what I do. But mm. um yeah, I, I wasn't you know really that bothered at all. And I keep seeing all these rumours. Oh, he's going to go and he's going to sign. I can't get invested in it at the moment because. Yeah. This happens every year, doesn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, I remember as someone said that it was all under Wilder in the first season. We got all our business done really early, but we didn't because mm. if you remember, we signed McBurney, Henderson, and even Osborne. I'm pretty sure they only got one preseason game between them uh, yeah, because we signed them that late. The, the, the ones that we actually signed early were Luke Freeman and Callum Robinson, and look how that turned out. So, <laughs> yeah, and we know we've got a small budget, so I, you know, we we're going to be shopping in a. Shopping later in the window, I think. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I saw this on S2 the other day. Somebody just sort of put out the hypothetical of like, you know, if you're not, you're not a ring in Forest example, for example, for like Lewis O'Brien at the moment, mm-hmm. Forest would be saying, yeah, you can, you know, wouldn't it be great to have him for preseason? Mm-hmm. You know, you can pay ten million for him now, or and you're not, yeah. just be like, no, we'll we'll come back no. later. But then when it comes to the final couple of weeks or whatever, yeah, yeah when he's, he's not going to make Forest squad and yeah, yeah. So that's... although that didn't happen with Bruce at the well, that's true, but hopefully we've learned from that particular mistake. Anyway, well, I remember the second. I remember the second season. I know it went terribly, but it was another thing where we're not going to sign anyone. We're not going to sign, and then all of a sudden we signed Bogle, Low, Ramsdale, and uh, Ampadu came in, and oh, all right, they didn't turn out to be. It was a terrible season, but it, it doesn't usually happen this early. Not many teams are going to be signing players. No, Ethan Ampadu just completed his third consecutive relegation. Fourth, mate. Fourth. Because of the Nations League with Wales. I'm passing, just to make it funnier, uh, yeah, because he got relegated in the Nations League with Wales. So, so Sheffield United, I think, was he at Venezia? I think it Venezia. was. And then yep. Spezia, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, the yeah. two, two Serie A teams uh, are now both two Serie B teams with him in the... I mean, it's not entirely his fault, but it it doesn't look great either, does it? I mean, I always remember Neil Redfern always had that thing of like he'd been yeah. relegated more times than any other player in England or something. But Neil Redfern got a few promotions at least. He did, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Let's. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm happy to distance myself from uh, Ethan Ampadu, a kind of a kind of a forgettable player that. Um, yeah, I don't think we need back yeah. anytime soon. Anyway, two players who we won't be having back anytime soon. We're going to talk about now. 
And those Ender Stevens and Jack O'Connell, me really. I am still sad to see both of these players go. It's interesting. We're not going to do the sort of ten moments or anything like we did with um, Sharp because it'd just be goals, I think, um, with, with yeah. the odd, odd other one sprinkled in. So we're just going to talk generally about these two players. But yeah, it, it was kind of it's going to be difficult to talk about because obviously neither have done anything positive for pretty much exactly three years now. Yeah. And yet they've only just left the club. So this is going to be an interesting... uh, It's going to to take a little bit of mental gymnastics, I suppose, as we're talking about this. Because Mm. let's not be around the bush. Both of these players were absolutely fantastic for us and are a massive part of why the last sort of seven, eight years of United has been so good. And, uh, And yet for three of them, they did pretty much nothing or worse than nothing if you're into Stevens, I suppose. Um, where do you want to start, mate? Any any player, any of them in particular? Or any, well, we'll any start with Stevens then. Because uh, I think O'Connell's possibly the, the, the sadder one out of the yeah. two. We'll finish with that and Jim gave him a proper you know, send-off. But I think with Stevens, if we do it like by a career arc, which is, I think is the best way to do it, is I think he came in. Obviously, you and Jay used to listen to Blaze, but obviously when you and Jay did it and you were the end of defenders. And I have to admit, I was sort of... I didn't hate him like some fans did, but I was sort of, we're probably going to need to improve in that position if we genuinely want to make the playoffs, which is what the biggest aim was in that second season, I think. And I, I, even, I remember against Millwall, he made a mistake. Um, and, I, and I was thinking, oh, just put Lafferty in. He's, he's really, really struggling. And then as, as we've said, you know, he's bounced back in, in such an unbelievable way in those for uh, the next two seasons. And then after that, he became a really poor player. So it's it's such a difficult one to judge because... In my opinion, he started average life, hmm. then he was fantastic, and then he was downright poor. It's such a weird mix of seasons. Yeah. The uh, the, the origins of the end of Defender stuff was that uh, I think we felt he was being like uh, overly criticised. for. I think average yeah. is right. I thought he was like average to good in that first season. We should remember yeah, he, I, yeah. he jumped from League Two to the Championship. He, he played um, a full season at Portsmouth, then we signed him. Uh, to play in the championship, having just been promoted from League One, and yeah, I thought it was all right. I, I, you know, not like amazing or anything that first season, but some encouraging signs there. I remember he, you know, he only, he only scored one. I think he only had a few assists, but like at this time, I was starting to look into like football statistics a bit more, and like uh, some of the underlying numbers, and they were like. Ender Stevens should definitely have had some more assists this season. It's just people kept missing his yeah. chances. And, you know, yeah. it, it sort of uh, all his numbers suggest he's like a really good player in the final third. And then, yeah, that second season, he just stepped up massively. And obviously helped by having better, like the team got better around him. The players were largely the same, I suppose. But, yeah, that was that was phenomenal, that first, that second season in the championship. I think he scored four goals that season. And some massive, really important ones, like in the in the home straight as well, weren't they? I think for me in the first season, it was defensively more than anything else. Do you remember the amount of goals where people cut in on that side? There was Snodgrass is a, a one that springs to mind immediately. Yeah, and I do remember the debate being so many goals are coming from that left hand side. It's got to be Ender Stevens' fault. And then we, as a whole, became much more solid the season after O'Connell stepped up another notch, as we'll come on to. Um, I think Basham even stepped it up another notch, and all the players did, and he was one of them, and. I think he really, really peaked in the Premier League. And I think that season, up until COVID, I think you've got some stats to hand that he was arguably our best player in our best season for 30 years. 
Yeah, it was. I, I just looked this up on um, fbref.com earlier. So his, his scouting report for that season ended, Stevens, compared to other fullbacks, it's just. It is just laughable. It was like 89th percentile for successful take ons, 87th percentile for touches in the opposition box. Mm-hmm. It was in the 70s for progressive passes, progressive passes received. Uh, his expected assists in the 80s, shot creating actions in the 60s. It was. Like really, really impressive, and it felt like that. It's yeah. not. Sometimes you look at stats of players and you think mm, it's a bit better than I thought that, but that's what it felt like watching it. And that obviously includes the sort of how many games it was nine games post lockdown, project restart, where he he played like crap basically. So... This is just. I mean, obviously, I don't know if it, I know you've got a bit of a, a conspiracy. <laughs> Careful theory now. Over it. <laughs> this yeah, is a private conspiracy out, theory. But... <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to come out that he had long COVID or something like that because the drop off was private, so. Though. So dramatic. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, but for that uh, that one season, uh, or certainly leading up to lockdown, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, when you look at these scouting reports on FB Ref, they do like a sort of, uh, it's kind of like a quick and dirty player comparison of like, here's some 10 mm. names that this player stacks up against. So, um, yeah, uh, Ender was being compared to Bakaya Saka, who played left wing back for Arsenal in his first season uh, yeah. and Kieran Tierney as well who was kind of alternating yeah, with him yeah. so yeah those are the, the top two names that he was compared against um, overall he made 202 appearances for us 9 goals 21 assists but the thing that really jumped out to me is just how many minutes he played in those first three seasons like unbelievably consistent so he played was he ever present in that first season I don't remember Daniel Lafferty playing a single league game that season he um, I've I've closed it now but he was in the squad for every game but he only appeared in 45 Mm. in that first season Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I I, let's see first season he played 96% of all possible league minutes second season 97% third season 98% that's that's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, when you yeah. when you think of the injury crisis that kind of has dogged the club over the last two or three years, and, and obviously plagued him as well, and Stevens, mm. um, to just have that level of consistency, and then you know the goals and the assists, and being this kind of uh, essential piece in our attacking down the left, like having that just being able to rely on it game after game for entire seasons at a time. Priceless. Absolutely And there were also Sergeant Henry, especially in the championship, but not not many games where he fitted in at centre-half when O'Connell mm. were out. Uh, Middlesbrough at home were a big one for that, if you remember that game, uh, where O'Connell yeah. were out. And I think, oh, did we have Kieran Dowell left wing back in Ender Stevens at centre-half and Craney playing and Stearman? And, <laughs> yeah, and he, and he were really good and he, and he filled in well there. And... and I think another thing as well, just looking now, he got 25 caps for Republic of Ireland all while he was with us. And I think that's another thing to look into is that he came with very little fanfare. Mm. You know, this is a guy who'd been on loan at Donny and Northampton and, and obviously we got him from Portsmouth in League Two. No one were really thinking, no one could have imagined the heights they hit once we'd signed him. Yeah. And then that Premier League season, it got better, which is, mm. I mean, it's, it's actually true of the, the next player we'll talk about as well. And, and, quite a few players in the squad but yeah there's no doubt in my mind he was better in the Premier League than he was in the Championship and that was after he'd scored those four goals and become you know this kind of devastating attacker in the last part of the season Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, he he just looked untouchable. You know, nutmegging like uh, Aspilicueta at Chelsea to settle yeah, that goal. Yeah. Brilliant bit of skill against Palace as well. In um, I think in the lead up to uh, Lundstrom's goal in that one, yeah, he scored a one of the the purest strikes we've seen at the lane against Brighton. Yeah. Just that fantastic smash finish. Big, you know, kept popping up in the box with sort of useful, just useful goals. Basically, I mean, he got that. Uh, I think it was an equaliser at. Um, at Norwich in that season, it obviously yeah, of course, yeah, that header, yeah, 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 yeah. It obviously come in at the. Back I watched that season back actually. I don't know if you've seen it. It's three hours long, so I imagine <laughs> most people with a bit of a life haven't. But it's uh, the you know the season review. Uh, I do. Yeah, I've not it. seen it. And two things that stuck out for me. Uh, I watched it last Saturday night. Cause I'm um, sad. And um, and two things that stood out for me. One was how good Moose was for those three months. It was just ridiculous. I I, I can't. It gets me angry when I watched it because. I was just thinking, what are you? What a waste! What a waste of talent that was. <laughs> and the other one was Stevens, and it's one of those things where you sort of forget. And I think I got a bit of uh, criticism, if you like, when when I posted a tweet out saying he will, you know, the best left back that I've ever seen, or whatever at United, and people saying, oh, he's, you know, he's not that good. And I don't know if that's just recency bias from people because I, even I forgot how good he was. And when I watched those highlights, I was like, oh my god, he was, he was just incredible. He yeah. was like up and down and. Barely ever gave the ball away. Just, yeah, fantastic. And this is three seasons after he were played in League Two. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just hope Enderson, uh, not Enderson, sorry, Norrington Davis can be like, mm. you know, 70% of the player that Ender Stevens was in those three seasons. Because yeah. if, if he is, he'll be a, at least a very good championship player and, you know, we can just pencil him in as, as the next sort of left wing back for United. But, yeah, yeah it's... Um, I don't know. He's, he, he was he was hard to replace, Ender. You know, he still played. Uh, he played in thirty games in that second, the doomed Premier League season. Yeah. Just thinking, now who was who, who started? Who was still playing left left wing? Max Lowe. Last season, last season. Uh, sorry, the season before twenty one twenty two. Yeah, in the Premier League, Max Lowe was the uh, other. I think Keen Bryan played there a couple of times as well. Yeah, I'm in the Yukanovich Championship season. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, we were like running. It would have been Knighty Davis. Yeah, they'd yeah, be Alfred. Yeah. So, yeah, we we haven't adequately replaced him yet. So hopefully, um, Norton Davis will be that. But yeah, it's, it's he is going to be hard to replace, I guess. You know, to find a player who is as good as he was three years ago, I, I don't know if we can just keep getting by with like <laughs> mediocreness at, at left wing back, which we've kind of put up with for the last three years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know. Obviously, it's, it's not in Davis's shirt to lose. It's not a. Um, it's not something we're going to be looking to sign a new player for. I don't think. But I wouldn't yeah. have thought so. You know, and I'm one of them that I don't think Max Lowe's currently good enough to play in the Premier League. But there's positions in the team that we need strengthening. I mean, obviously, a lot will depend on how Norton Davis comes back. Though, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think we're still waiting to hear news on that, aren't we? Um, you know, yeah. Pre-season could be revealing in that regard. Joint highest assist scorer in that uh, Premier League season as well, the first one, um, along with Elise Mousse with four assists, which doesn't sound like a lot, but we didn't score that many goals. No, I think all the Mousse's came in the same game though, right? <laughs> Three of them did, Probably, sorry. Yeah, well, certainly in the same month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll... I'll uh, well, I already miss Ender, I suppose. I already missed him for the last couple of seasons because... Yeah, yeah. We... And it felt bad, didn't it, when we used to do these pods, and I think we mm. both used to say, oh, Ender Steve, because we didn't want to say, you know, he's just rubbish. Because obviously everything that he'd done for us before, 
I found it really difficult doing this pod in the past like two or three seasons when, when we've had to talk about Ender. And I think we both did him, what, a three out of ten this season, probably the same the season before. And it had been, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that you had to bow out on such, you know, consecutive bad seasons. Yeah. And I I don't know, I just sort of, I guess just building on what you're saying there, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really criticise him in a way because I was just sort of, well, it's just who he is. It was almost, yeah. it felt unfair that we were playing him almost. Like, this guy's so, just seems so past how great he was. Like, and, he's, and unlike other players, he never, I don't know, after about a season, it's like, wow, he's, he's actually not going to get back to close to yeah, the levels for, I, for whatever reason. I think we all thought, uh, under Slav, Norwood's gone, Fleck's gone, and we just lumped him in with all those. And whatever yeah. you think about Norwood and Fleck and stuff, they've definitely shown more. Um, in the past two seasons, because Stevens has really been—he has been a liability, Annie. Let's be honest, and I, I don't, don't want to end this like segment on a negative, but he looked—he looks about 38, 38 39 <laughs> years old, and he's only, he was only thirty when he started. Yeah, when yeah. He started. yeah, a mystery, honestly, like a really mysterious drop-off in in his performance um, at a relatively young age, as you as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the best left backs. Certainly, yeah, he, he was certainly in the the top in my time watching United. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I hope I get to see a better one because if we do, we're going to have a great time watching that player. Yeah, I think. but yeah, yeah two hundred appearances, two hundred two appearances for Ender. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of this is one where I'm I'm kind of glad that he's left for his own good, if you like, and I suppose for my enduring memories of him as well, but. Yeah, those those three years were um, well. Certainly, two of those three years were absolutely outstanding, and obviously, mm. massive part of his getting promoted in his finishing ninth in the Premier League. Um, yeah, as with as with so much of United's recent history, you do wonder how different things would be if uh, COVID nineteen hadn't existed. But um, yeah, yeah, it's what it is, I suppose. Um, right, do you want to talk Jack O'Connell then? Jack O'Connell, I think, has got a really interesting. I mean. <sighs> Really interesting career arc in the sense that he just got better and better and better. He didn't have mm. the didn't get chanced of the fall off, if you like, that um, that that Ender did. But I listened to Four Blades. I don't know if you listened to their latest one. Yeah, I have. Did, yeah, yeah, they did their own sort of thing, and it's easy to forget now that he wasn't even in the first team for for the a lot of the beginning of the League One season. And I remember again people saying he's not good enough. We need to get him out. And Jake Wright came in at left centre half. We had Ebanks land down the middle and bash on the right. And then Jack O'Connell came back into the team, and I fully remember people on S2. And it wasn't like an outrageous shout at the time saying, oh, what have we brought him back in for? Jake Wright's much better. And it took him up until around December, January, I think, Jack O'Connell, to really show what he were about. Hmm. Yeah, he's, I mean, the, the key thing you said there is something I wanted to, to make sure we understood, and it's part of the... I guess it's part of the the tragedy of his career, if you like, is that he was getting better. Like every season he was with us, he improved. And let's see, he would have got injured in twenty twenty, so he would have been twenty six, I think, at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Oh, so much football left. I mean, just imagine if he got better. You know, say uh, this is hard to talk about, obviously, but say he didn't get that injury, plays out the rest of that season with us, signs for <clears throat> I don't know, say Liverpool or Spurs yeah. or somebody like that. Yeah. 
who knows what kind of career he goes. Well, on England's time. weakest position, and I've seen a lot. I've seen a few people say he were never going to get in the England squad because he he only played in the back three. But I think he would have been one of the players that we sold if we'd have gone down. Um, I think he, he absolutely would have gone somewhere. And we did and play think, a back three under Southgate at the World Cup. Like, exactly. Yeah, and and you see the form of Harry Maguire. You see Tyrone Mings having to be brought back in. I, I, Lewis Dunk's been brought in, and I like Lewis Dunk as a defender and stuff, but I, I just don't see a reason why he wouldn't have been given a chance, even if it's just in one of the friendlies to see what he can do. Yeah, and left-footed centre-backs were very in vogue around this time as well. There was, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a run on them among the among the top clubs. of like It was as though everyone suddenly realised, oh, having a left-footed player on that side... Yeah. Is really valuable in a yeah. you know a new era of goal kicks always being taken short and teams building from the back. Although um, Maguire plays there now, Dunning is obviously on the right, but yeah, so that's what I mean. Though. You never, you know what I mean. I, I think there's, I, I think there's definitely a an alternative universe where he's in the England World Cup squad last year. Yeah, this I think year. so as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I do think keep that in mind of like. You know, we all saw how good he was, and we all think he was incredible. But just imagine how good he could have been two or three years later, particularly if he did get a move to a, you know, a, a serious Premier League club like a team that is going to play in the Premier League without getting relegated, as we obviously did yeah. the following season. There's something, I, I guess, is uh, you know, this I find O'Connell interesting to talk about because he's he's a bit of a mysterious character, if you like. You know, he's he's quite. He strikes me as quite, quite private. I suppose you know he's he's mm-hmm. not, um, and some of this is obviously related to his his injury. Um, so I don't feel like I know him very well. You know, I I know him as uh, the partner of Alex Greenwood, if you like, and just somebody who's in the gym yeah. constantly. Uh, and I, I guess, yeah, I guess it, I, I don't know. I find that kind of sad in a way because this is a player I thought was absolutely amazing. It was one of my favourite players at the time. Um, and obviously, I, I don't mean this. You know, like, how dare he not? You know, give yeah. me a glimpse into his. Do more. His... Do more. But you want him to do like MTV Cribs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, yeah. I don't mean you know. Open yourself up to uh, the, the fans even more. Or I do like get that, you. But because you look at like Basham. I know he's been here longer, but Basham, we all know about the McDonald's thing. <laughs> you know what I mean, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And even Egan, you know, he's done interviews where he's talked about his dad, and um, obviously talked about. Uh, you know, he's upbringing playing hurling. He, he did hurling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he's been there last. Even John Fleck, we know a little bit more about. When, you know, he's he's on Instagram and stuff like that where he'll post private photos with his, you know, everyone knows who his girlfriend is, for instance. And I know people know Jack O'Connell's girlfriend is, but that's because she's famous. Well, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's a really good Yeah, I... I, I you get the and that's nothing wrong with this at all, and it's quite unusual in modern in modern football. You do get the feeling that you didn't really know that much about him behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Because he, he did SUTV a couple of times, obviously when he were injured, and mm. even then, I thought we were really honest on that as well. By the way, I thought because he was still part of the the the, the club, the squad, um, he could have easily just been saying, "Well, everything's fantastic," but he was quite critical at times on that. And yeah, I thought you were you were good at that. Yeah, so it's um, you know it's. it's a lot of it is injury related, and obviously it's a sensitive subject. Mm. I suppose you know. He's, I presume that he's not going to want to be, you know, appearing on all these all these club events and stuff. If you know, people mm. are just going to be like, "So when you get when is your, you know, when is your career ending injury going to improve, Jack?" You know, just getting I mean, pissed with that y- all the time. I used to annoy you, man. I think I used to send it you on 
when they were like press conference with it, asking when Jack O'Connell's coming back. It's like it was pretty obvious he were never coming back. I think he ain't coming back. First. I think once he didn't play for a full season and then he didn't come back on the slab, I think that was pretty much it, weren't it? Realistically, for, certainly for us anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I hope he. I hope he carries on playing somewhere, even if it's non-league. Yeah, be nice. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not optimistic of that, but we'll see. I guess. Yeah, um, yeah I got this. Just before I forget, by the way, apparently, like when he's doing the uh, trade, the injured players and stuff. Apparently, we're really enthusiastic mm. and encouraging of them as well. A lot of people who said when they were injured, like you know, Jack. O- I think, I think Didzy said it in the uh, Sheffield United Way interview where he was talking about you know when he were injured towards the end and he, he knew he weren't going to come back uh, to play for Sheffield United ever again. And he, he said like Jack O'Connell's in there. You know, encouraging him to get fit again, and then obviously went on to to get twenty two goals for Derby last season. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a bit sad earlier because I was just looking up um, see if there was like a <clears throat> like a O'Connell compilation on YouTube or something, and there is something from United, um, which is like an update on injured players. It's like inside the injury room, basically, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's like O'Connell and I think Lundstrom and a few others and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's from two years ago, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. he's still still no closer to returning to football. It looks good. It looks very. <laughs> he looks damn good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, it, it looks like he's ready to get get into the boxing ring or something. Yeah, like that. He does. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's it must be it must have been an enormously and continues to have been enormously challenging thing for him mentally. I guess mm. that you know he he was. On the on the crest of a wave, he was absolutely you know top of his game, playing at a really high level, and then a total freak injury, you know, a collision in training with Dean Henderson, I think it was. I don't know because there's a lot of rumours going around, isn't there, about United didn't handle the injury as well as they they should have, and all this, and this is why they kept him on rather than terminating his contract. I don't know how true any of that is, but if you remember when lockdown, he came back after lockdown, he were injured for the Villa game. Yeah, uh, the first game, like back. three games, didn't he? Afterwards, and then he only played three games, which I think we won all three. Or we certainly didn't lose any of them that we were playing. We showed how important it was. Mm. Um, so I remember him against Chelsea being absolutely fantastic in the in the lockdown game when we won mm. three. Um, and then he, he were in. I'm pretty sure he was injured for the Leicester game, which we lost after that. I think that's right. Yeah, and then. He came back at the beginning of the season and he didn't look right. He lost two headers in the first two games, which were unlike him, against Wolves and uh, Villa. I don't know if you remember Ming scoring um, in the first two games back for that lockdown season. Mm. And I think he looked a bit more sluggish and then we just never saw him again. And I remember just the, it was before the Leeds game where he weren't in the team. And um, this one you could go back go to pubs to watch games, but you had to, I don't know, sit down and not stand up wherever you had to do it that, <laughs> that ridiculous period. Um, and I remember like the team news coming through and having a pint, and he said Jack O'Connell will now miss the rest of the season. Like what? <laughs> was that the Leeds game? Sorry, the Leeds. Yeah, pre pre Leeds match, the team come out oh, and he yeah. said Jack O'Connell has missed out through an injury that will rule him out for the season. And we're like, what? what? You probably played last week. Yeah. So he, so he had an injury, didn't he? And then we shut him down essentially. Like we, mm. yeah, but we obviously went through that condensed preseason. Yeah, he started. He played ninety minutes in both those games, Wolves and yeah. Villa. And then, yeah, I, oh, oh, I, I'm getting that memory now of the team coming out and being like, where is Jack O'Connell? Jack yeah. O'Connell's disappeared. Jack O'Connell's out for the season and then obviously he's out for the next season and the next season. And If anyone's worried about next season in the Premier League, by the way, look at that team that we put out against Leeds because well, we'll have to go some way to put out a team as weak-looking as that, I have to admit. This can't be right. <laughs> have you seen it? That's a good idea, yeah. I mean, it does have a good trick, but... 
He has McGoldrick, and that's it. He got Osborne in midfield with Norwood and Lundstrom. Berger and Lundstrom. Berger and Lundstrom. Berger yeah, was but... good in that game, actually. This is a bit of a digression, yeah. but. Yeah, um, Emma Goldrick and Burke up from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack Robinson Robin. starting with Ampadu and Basham at the back, and this was before Jack Robinson was much more than a joke. Um, this, and, is, yeah, this is what I mean. Lundstrom was phoning it in at this point as well. Yeah, it was terrible. And it, it does give you a bit of hope. And this is when Ramsdale was throwing it in his own net as well. He weren't at fault in this particular True. game, but yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh, anyway, Jack O'Connell. <laughs> Let's just talk some positives about Jack O'Connell because it is, yeah, it's it's obviously very sad how it has ended with him. But I, I do have some amazing memory. I think he probably has more standout memories than Ender Stevens, I suppose. And we were going to do, weren't we, a top five for both? But then we realised that he probably didn't get doing justice because obviously being defenders. Mm. But when when I started writing down, yeah, I had much more for O'Connell than Ender Stevens, which doesn't mean he were far better player. But I think he were more, he, he had more. Influential moment, should we say? Yeah, yeah. Anything in particular stand out for you? Well, this is this is a weird. I mean, obviously we've got. I mean, we'll come on to the O'Connell arrive, O'Connell coming in, should I say, and all that sort of stuff. But I've talked before about the Brentford game, where I think it's the best defensive performance I've ever seen from a Sheffield United player. Mm. Um, remember when he kicked? Is that the game when he kicked the ball that hard it popped? Yeah, that's that's what I've got written down. Yeah, but he, yeah. Blo- he blocked a shot and he blocked it so damn hard the ball burst and uh, yeah. Yeah, McGoldrick picked it up and like almost started an international incident. <laughs> against, yeah, yeah, brilliant that, yeah. Against his old club as well, who, um, if anyone remembers that view from before, when we got him, like, oh, we've, we've outgrown people like Jack O'Connell and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not ever in the Premier League now. But at that point, it were so satisfying to see him just absolutely dominate their attack, which were a good attack. Obviously, Morpai, you know, in the, in the Championship were excellent. Um, but another one, what I really liked was... Obviously, we had when the first season of the Premier League where Steve Nicholl overlapping centre halves. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. And then our first home goal in the Premier League was from him overlapping and putting a cross in that obviously eventually fell to a Lundstrom to put in. And I love that. I, I remember being so sort of smug, thinking, "Well, you know, we were the first game we had on TV, and we'd scored due to an overlapping centre half." Yeah, he was incredible going forward. Like we're going to talk he about was. how good. A- like pure defender he was, but and I don't mean in like a you know you can say like oh O'Connell's got it he's gonna you know dummy his way around three players you know nutmeg someone on his way into the box or anything like that. but he no. he was just very efficient in his in his movement and I think how he yeah. used the ball as well he was he just I don't know I think he was just a really smart player and obviously technically he looked like a player I, particularly when he first came as well like you thought he's a bit. Bit like Harry Maguire was lumbers you know, about a bit. Yeah, lumbers about lumbers, and you thought it didn't look like to have the most. He probably didn't have the most pace, but as you said, so clever, so yeah. clever with the ball. Knew his limitations as well. He wasn't, as you said, he weren't trying to nutmeg people down the wing and take three, four people on. But I remember another game, and this is jogging memory because I watched that video back from that season with Bournemouth at home. You know, when he were lobbing it down, and then we, we thought we were going to get cancelled, and. The amount of crosses he put in in that game, particularly mm. in the first half, he was just constantly, and he's O'Connell crossing, he's O'Connell crossing, and <laughs> for all how good Jack Robinson has been, he, he he can't match up to that, and I don't expect him to match up to that because this is a guy who probably should have been in England squad at that period. Yeah, probably un- underrate how intelligent a player he was, I suppose. You know, with the sort of, <laughs> you know, the song about Edin Edin Bricks away. You know, we we. That's how we sort of um, mythologise O'Connell in it as this absolute unit. You just, you know, brick wall that you couldn't get past. But 
Yeah, really smart player. I think when I think back to him, Peak Ender Stevens and Duffy kind of flowing around each other as they did mm-hmm. in that sort of triangle out on the left. That was really some of the best football that I've, I've you know been privileged to watch with United. I think, um, and mm. yeah, that uh, that Brentford performance. I, I I looked up um, my old tweets, which I really don't recommend doing. By the way, I, I cringe. <laughs> Cringe so hard yeah. back through this, but I looked. Through... No, I mean, I'm not on Facebook much now, but when Facebook memories used to come up, and like, oh, Eddie Mans. Yes, that's why I <laughs> Another delete... terrible joke. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's why I deleted my Facebook account about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, so this is why I, I, I tweeted out the stats of O'Connell um, from that night against Brentford. Yeah. Uh, he had the most interceptions, the most blocks, the most clearances. He won four out of five defensive aerial duels, which was most on the pitch. He won both of his attacking aerial duels. He blocked a cross and he got an assist. He was literally near flawless in that game, I wrote. I always remember, actually, you, you and Jay's pod um, on that game after and I was running and um, I, would, I, I would knack it after 20 minutes because I was running because you were so enthusiastic about how <laughs> How much effort that we both, you know, that, that we put in as a as a team and I stuff. Think we call it the Great that, Wall of Sheffield that night because Egan was immense yeah. as well. Also oh, against yeah, the club. Fan, yeah, fantastic, and obviously Bash as well. And uh, I remember running. I was like, at that point, I could run like ten k or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I got about like twenty minutes in. And I was like, I had to stop because I realized I realized I'm running that fast because you sort of so enthusiastic talking about like the the amount of work rate that we put in. That that was a fun. That was arguably. More pivotal than the Leeds away win that that game against Brentford because we it set us up for that game. If yeah. we lost that, which we really probably should have in all honesty, but <laughs> um, yeah, that that's a real memory of that season. Yeah, it's uh, full games on YouTube by the way. If anyone mm. wants to go and witness yeah. the masterclass of defending that it was, it's, it's weird because I, I watched it back under lockdown because we did a lot of things in lockdown. Didn't we? That was a bit silly, <laughs> such as watching. Just as watching Sheffield United v Wednesday away in the worst the game ever, appalling quality picture as well. <laughs> two thousand and one, um, that one, wasn't it? Two thousand and one, yeah. We watched the full game of that, but I did watch the full game of that Brentford one. And it's what really struck me is that I were on the edge of, edge of my seat all the way through that game, but they didn't really create that many chances, and that was because of Egan, O'Connell, and Basham more than anyone else. Yeah, a lot of lot of shots from long range, but mm. eventually they were like, oh, we should probably try and get the ball into the box, I suppose. O'Connell, nope. Egan, nope. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it's not as if Henderson were pulling save after save. He pulled some decent saves off, but none what a class as like a world class or going to his top 10 saves or anything. Yeah, I think that. Is that the game where he almost kicked it into his own net? <laughs> yeah, he should have been. It? That should have been a foul lot as well. It should it? have been, yeah. Uh, yeah, because he kicked it. I don't I still don't know how he did that. <laughs> no. Like, kicked it and he went behind it and he clawed it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also looked at O'Connell's stats from that Premier League season, the first one, because I was like, maybe are we, you know, are we. Are we mythologising mm. Jack O'Connell? Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's kind of easy to go the other way now and be like, was he really good enough to play for him? You know, we get a bit carried away, you know, rose-tinted spectacles and all that. Was mm. he really good enough to play for him? And it was unbelievable in the Premier League. Like, you know, never mind how good Ender Stevens was. Um, going the other way, O'Connell was absolutely insanely good. He was 98th percentile for expected assists. Uh, it was almost in the 90s for uh, non-penalty XG and expected assists. 77th percentile shot-creating actions. 80th percentile for progressive passes. I love this. 94th percentile for progressive passes received. Like It was basically playing like a winger. Yeah. This is compared against other centre-backs. And uh, yeah, defensive numbers all you know, like completely solid, above-average stuff as well. 
Uh, yeah, it, it was it was absolutely outrageous. And then just for a laugh, I looked at his stats from the previous season in the championship, and it's it's just all in the eighties and nineties. Mm. Like percent yeah. he was just dominating at that level. Um, yeah, so sad that we just didn't get to see more of it. And who knows where his career would have gone? Um, one hundred seventy-seven appearances, nine goals, and eleven assists from centre back. You know that's pretty impressive in it. So he's he was. Yeah. It was a goal involvement every ten games or so for a centre back is really quite impressive. Um, some of those are set pieces, you know, heading it back across for McGoldrick in that Brentford game and um, Moussa against Arsenal are the two that spring to mind. But yeah, a lot of the other ones were genuine kind of open play crosses, you know, or, or finding a, pe- a player in the penalty area to um, to finish off a chance. He was he was pretty unique. Um, I don't think we'll ever find a centre back like that. I, th- I think his skill set was just just so unique to be so good going one way but also a colossus at the back and an incredible athlete as well yeah completely and like I say when I watched that that video back he's another one that stood out and it's quite sad watching it because you've got you know Ender Stevens have passed you've got O'Connell who's not there anymore Lundstrom that season obviously in the first half were fantastic and but at the same time, I like watching it because you think well you know next season we're not going to be as good as that you wouldn't have thought but there is a chance because yeah, people can come through. I don't think any of us thought O'Connell oh, and Stevens when they went up. When we went up that season, thought, well, they're definitely going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> I think there were, you yeah. know, there were worries that they, they might have been out of the depth, and you don't know who's going to step up. And there's two players who absolutely stepped up. Yeah, that was kind of the core of that team, wasn't it? The mm. the um, the players we already had got better, and yeah. pretty much all the players we signed flopped. Um, you that's know, it, pop, and that's, pop, that's, pop that's so for a couple of months. Yeah, and it's so bizarre, and it's so bizarre because I mean, and another thing I, I, I from watching that, I, I think I perform. I know it's a it's a nice narrative to say COVID happened, and then United just like fell to pieces. But the performances were dropping off well before that. If you look at those games, but the one thing that we did always have, we were solid. We were yeah. always solid. And again, O'Connell and Stevens, huge, huge reasons behind that. How many goals did we concede that season? I feel like it wasn't we, a lot. It was about it wasn't forty. Wasn't. Wasn't it? I, feel, I feel like we had like a. Uh... I feel like we scored 45, conceded 45. Yeah. Yeah. Back. I mean, the reason we did so well that season, no offence to the strikers, was because of the defence. Yeah. Uh, th- oh, my God. 39 goals conceded that season in 38 in games. In the Premier League, yeah. So we, basically won a game, but yeah. If we do that next season, <laughs> I'll be we very impressed. I'll be Unless very we don't score at all. <laughs> well, I mean, we hardly scored that season. We were, yeah. uh, what's this, there's only... Only the bottom two and Newcastle of all teams, which I think that was Steve Bruce's Newcastle at that point, um, scored less goals than we did. But anyway, yeah. that's um, another one in the past. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really sad how it ended with O'Connell. Like, it, I, as you touched on earlier, just inevitability from probably the start, like midway through that second Premier League season of like, uh, he's missing the whole season, that could go badly. And then... I don't know. I feel like we were sort of thinking, like, could he possibly be involved, like under Yukanovic? Yeah. Is that like yeah. a remote possibility? And then he started to, you know, not be included in um, like the the squad lists and stuff like this. And the club sort of stopped talking about him a little bit, which I, I think is probably. I don't think that was malicious on the club's part. I imagine that was no, it wasn't quite a sensitive think... approach, really. Yeah. But like, come on, there's no need to. I'm sure O'Connell doesn't want this dragged into the public spotlight any more than necessary. I imagine that. When the injury became, and we still don't really know, you know, what the injury was. I'm sure it'll come out now he's left. But 
I, I'm sure we thought, you know, the other physios or whatever thought that could be a career ender. And then by the time, you know, by the time Eckingbottom had come in, at least, uh, we, we thought, well, that's him done. But we couldn't come out and say he's finished because people would be saying, well, why are you paying him a wage then? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, should we should we finish our O'Connell chat just with uh, O'Connell coming in? And how yeah, great that fantastic. Was. Absolutely. I mean, again, it was another, it's one of those things where obviously come with us all the way through League One. And a bit like when Flex scored against Northampton, mm. it felt right that it was him or, or one of those people, you know, being so pivotal. If, if Scott Hogan had scored the goal, you know, which he did the first one, if it had ended 1-0, yeah. it wouldn't have had, I don't know, he just didn't seem, I'd have accepted it at the time. But, you know, especially now in hindsight, I think it was brilliant that it was, it was someone like O'Connell who got the goal that clinched promotion. Yeah, no, great shout. Do you remember uh, what happened immediately before this goal? Uh, with him oh it's when Sharp uh, oh no he, we were having a drink he was not call. on the pitch yeah <laughs> that's right yeah we won the corner and he, he disappeared off the pitch he went to have it went to get like an energy drink or something um, yeah because I, I remember looking over like what are you doing like get in there man you know we yeah. we need another goal here just to make it completely safe and he arrived really late in the box like for the set yeah. piece and I, I don't know if people just didn't pick him up or something it, it was almost like you could talk me into this being a deliberate ploy of like O'Connell's just gonna take a time out basically off the pitch. Yeah. And nobody's gonna pick him up and yeah, he comes flying in with um with a powerful header that crashes in off the bar, so extra aesthetic points for me whenever that happens. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and that's was, when uh, Billy Sharp did his famous did he put his backside into his it again bottom where the keeper... bump on his goal, yeah. goalkeeper, yeah. <laughs> he did that more than a few times, didn't he, old Sharpie? Yeah. Um yeah, powerful header from O'Connell. It just I don't know. There's there's something a bit like, um, uh, well, I guess the Almadeltic goal against um, West Brom happened a bit more quickly, like almost too quick for us to react. But this was such an emphatic goal win it because you saw. I mean, I was tracking O'Connell's movement from him coming back onto the pitch, and then just mm. watching him basically jog into the box, never stop moving, and meet this yeah. header that thunders into the net. Like it was so. It was just such an emphatic goal, and obviously at that point. You're 2-0 up against Ipswich, you were bottom of the league and already relegated. Yeah, yeah. You knew we were promoted. I know we still needed Leeds to, you know, drop points or not win 17-0 or whatever the next day. But yeah, it was uh it was a proper exclamation point of a goal. And uh yeah, I feel like we're gonna we're still gonna be singing the Jack O'Connell song for um years and years to come, I think. Yeah, I think it's become like the new Eddie Kloon song. Um, yeah. where Eddie Kloon don't play play for us anymore. Uh but we still sing it, and I think that's what everything. Every time we're in a promotion race or a promotion push or whatever, that that song's going to be heard. Yeah, I hope. Um, yeah, you know, just just kind of returning to O'Connell being quite a fairly private figure for you know modern elite footballer, um, mm. especially one with a yeah a, a famous partner as uh, as you said. Um, mm. I hope he knows how much we appreciate him as fans, and mm. I'm yeah. sure he doesn't sing his name every. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. But you know, but that's what I mean. You don't, you know, you. It's not like the camera then cuts to O'Connell or anything like that on the highlights, does it? I, I, don't I know. was amazed that he didn't come out on the pitch against Pre- after Preston. Mm. Really surprised by that. But maybe, but you know, from his point of view, maybe he's like, "Well, I'm not involved in it. You know, yeah, this it, isn't, this isn't it, my limelight will, to share." Yeah, I think it will. Well, you know, I've not played for three years or whatever. I'm sure we must have offered him the chance because. I think McGoldrick did it uh, yeah. at the end of the season, last season. Uh, can't remember who else. Do you know what I mean? People do. I mean, Sharp didn't really get a proper send-off, but 
he was still on the pitch doing the lap of honour, if you know what I mean, and, and O'Connell were nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Oh, I hope we get some sort of, uh, you know, we talked about it last time, but like an actual game of football to celebrate Sharp and, and Stevens, and mm. it would be incredible to see O'Connell come out. I think I'd, I'd almost rather see that than get the chance to clap Sharp off the pitch, if you know what I mean. Like, It'd be fantastic. I, I, I mean, I'd get a real tear in my eye, I think, if I saw O'Connell, you know, warming up to come on for yeah. like five minutes in a friendly yeah. or something or a testimonial type game. It'd be great if we could somehow get that tip for Sharp's testimonial or whatever it's going to be to get as many of that team together. Um, you know, as if the players who are playing, you know, get the likes of Stearman and Craney and, you know, these players who I don't even know if they start. I know Stearman played last season. Jaggy Elk is another one. You know what I mean? People have played with these players and we're, we're a part of the, of the, of the rise and the great season. You know, even get people in like, uh, Kieran Freeman. I don't know what, I think he's not playing much at the moment and stuff. Laugh at if we can get him over. You know what I mean? Stuff like that would be fantastic. Yeah, get get the band back together. But, yeah, they um... literally get the band back together. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that would make me very very happy indeed. Just seeing a, a symbolic O'Connell getting back on the pitch because I don't feel like I've seen him in person now for about four years. Like, <laughs> no, no, true. Like, I, I, yeah. well, I mean, like, actually, literally four years. I don't think I've seen yeah. him in a ground, if you like, you know, or, no. or uh, yeah, sort of warming up or anything like that. Is is no. just. Um, yeah, he's, he's just disappeared from from the radar, which is obviously entirely his choice and very um, a very understandable decision, I suppose. So yeah, getting the chance to uh, say goodbye, you know, from afar in person would be yeah. would be pretty sweet, I think. But yeah, there goes another two modern blades legends who, yeah, we we still haven't replaced really. As I said, um, I, I don't know if we'll ever see anyone as good as those two in there positions in the you know the peak of their powers mm. um and yeah they'll they'll be missed but they leave with uh, a lot of fond memories even if it's you know ended kind of sadly for both of them um and that's the thing in it i think that we knew it was going to come to it it had to come to an end with Stephen sharp mm. o'connell bash and probably next year and it's really sad but you've got to move on you've got to move on but yeah if we manage to match if any, as you said, the people who come into those positions match what they've done for this football club, then we'll have done very well and we'll probably be a Premier League club, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Right, well, there we go. We draw a line under those two. Uh, and we, we well, I don't know, we, we are starting to move towards next season now. Obviously, the fixtures are mm. out. I imagine um, the next time we talk, we'll, I don't know, know maybe we'll know a little more. Um, about the, the shape of the squad, we'll we'll see, I suppose. But well, you know, um, these contracts are sorted. I know there's a lot of talk about it and stuff, and I, I'd like to have some sort of deadline for that if possible. But I'm sure we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you don't want him hanging over. You know, he's he's Fleck going to stay, he's Robinson going to stay. It'd be nice to know where we're at. Certainly before pre-season, you want that sort. Of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could yeah. be worse though. It could be a you know what Wednesday got 14 players and no manager and no. Head scout, no coaching staff, and uh, what uh, is going on there? I've... Seemingly bonkers, German as well. I, so. um, I'm a bit out of the loop with this. My my only sort of no- knowledge of this is you sending me odds and ends. Um... I was just on Twitter because I was at work, so working late, and um, it, I just kept getting you know going on Twitter, having a look and stuff. And every time it was just like a new absolute fantastic line from Chancery saying. <laughs> You know, he wants the playoffs, but he's got no money. He wants thirty thousand season ticket holders, and he'll start paying people back. Just, it's almost like just making it up on the spot. It was just bizarre. And I've got a couple of friends who are Wednesday fans who are not happy whatsoever. And he just, it just feels like they, he thought they're really happy. I mean, I've seen loads of Wednesday shirts out and about. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, 
And it's as if he's gone like, they're a bit happy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a stop to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sack the manager that they all love and then, you know, just have this mad press conference. We're on for five hours. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. 7 till 12 p.m. Well, 12 a.m. It was like day. a fans forum or something. Yeah, like a fans forum. It was like, well, you know, at least he shows his face, some will say. Maybe he was drinking during it and it just got more and more mad the further he went along. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I really, really don't know what's going on down there, but could be worse. Yes, yeah, things are comparatively normal over here. Um, I think we're three weeks out from our first pre-season fixture, by the way, if you... So I'm sure that'll panic some people. I want to try and get... Is it Rotherham? We've got Rotherham out, why? Chelsea away on the 15th, which I'll hopefully go to. Yeah. Uh, Rotherham 10 days later. I've never been to New York. I went to I Norwalk. I either, actually, so I might no, try and so get gonna, Yeah, I might try and get to that one. Chelsea, uh, I went last time, and I thought Callum Robinson was going to be the greatest player of all time because he got an hat trick. He got a hat trick, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, David Brooks scored in that fixture, I think, the year before. Oh, yeah, before. that fantastic goal made his keep him, yeah. Yeah, so that... Yeah, that obviously was a better window into how good a player he would be. Yeah, um, and I'll be on the lookout for give me give me Matt Lock away at some point as well. That's always a good a good away trip preseason. Anyway, yes. I'm, I'm just rambling total nonsense here. Sorry. Uh, yeah. After, after saying I was going to try and keep this fairly <laughs> concise. Um, what else have you got to plug, mate? You got some. Uh, you, you mentioned a, an international view from. from yeah, international, international view from Bulldog uh, versus Mbappe last week. That was the highlight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really. Uh, all impressive views. Um, Ahmed Odzic, Baldock, and Egan I covered because Berger didn't, Berger didn't start a game. Uh, he came on sub in both games, but mm-hmm. he didn't actually start, which is, yeah, I, I think we've made our feelings known about the Norway manager, haven't we, before? Um, <laughs> I think so. He's doing a terrible job with that. I know Bergen Blade, who uh, is on S2, obviously knows far more than us about Norway, and he says the squad's not as good as you might think it is, basically, but That's I still think they should be good. Yeah, I mean, the drawing we like, we were it like, last week, Georgia at home or whatever. I mean, like Georgia and Finland or something like that, yeah. Yeah, you've, like, you've got on. to be doing better, you know. Yeah. I mean, you've got it's Harland a great and ch- Erdegaard, like two of the best players, but I think probably yeah. the, the top two players in the Premier League last season. Like, come on. I mean, it's really, it's almost difficult to not qualify for the Euros these days because, like, <laughs> so many go through. And they're nowhere near again, and yeah. So he didn't play, but Egan uh, obviously just being Egan missed, missed a header off a set piece, believe it or not. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Armand Odzic was fantastic by all accounts against Portugal. Got an injury uh, in this, in, in, for the second game. Didn't play that, and Baldock really endeared himself to the Greek public with his mm. performances. Yeah, yeah, superb. And uh, another Maidley episode is out. You're Elton John, mate. Yeah. Elton John, he's playing Glastonbury this weekend, um, Sunday, uh, and I got my dates wrong, and I tried to coincide it cleverly uh, for maximum publicity, um, for it for it to come out the weekend they were playing Glastonbury, but I got my dates wrong, so it's come out this weekend instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, we do tantrums and tiaras. Uh, not a huge Elton John fan myself, but I really did enjoy the documentary. So. Mm, fabulous stuff. Well, that is Living With Maidley, the podcast, and Roy's com. Uh, for that international roundup, um, mm. and yeah, we'll we'll finish there, mate. Um, enjoy your break, and we'll snap. Yeah, cheers. Ready for it? Um, we'll catch up. I don't know in in the not too distant future. We, we yeah. won't be no podcast next week, but um, we'll we'll come back probably the following week if we've got uh, if we've got something worth talking about. But we've got yeah. some uh, we've got some pre season content we want to go through as well as yeah. actual actual commenting on the you know. The, the modern day Sheffield United, um, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for helping me reminisce about those those two Blades legends, mate. Appreciate it, and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. 
Yep, see you later, mate.